the keys are to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cutback. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show. It's time to talk preseason football. 49ers versus the Pack. That's right. It is time. It is preseason football time. And it's time for 49ers Cutback game preview shows. Now, this one's going to be a little bit different because normally I would go through key matchups in the game you know, and break it down. Who is going to be matched up with who from Green Bay? But when it comes down to it, we don't know exactly who's going to play from Green Bay. We know Aaron Rodgers isn't. So the focus for this is going to be more on the 49ers and what we're looking to see out of that first game. And there's going to be a lot of cool matchups as far as position battles. And we've been talking about the position battles for a while for the 49ers. There's interior offensive line battles. There's battles in the safety room, battles in the corner room. Uh, There's a lot of places where the 49ers are going to be out there competing now, Kyle Shanahan kind of gave us an idea of exactly you know, what the makeup of preseason is going to look like as far as who's going to play and when they're going to play and why, and we're going to listen to that right now. Some of them. We, I, we got a pretty good idea. I definitely want to see how these practices go these first two days. Um, I'd like to get guys to play in this game, um, mainly because I don't want them to play in the second game. You know, going to scrimmage a team um, more into the scrimmage than the game. Um, and then to have a chance to get him to play in a game four days after that versus Houston, when we get back Sunday morning, will be tough. So that's why I don't want him to play much in that game. So hopefully a little in one, a little in three, and then we'll have 17 days to get ready for week one. So we know Kyle Shannon is saying now that we're going to get the first team offense, or at least most of them, playing against Green Bay. So they're going to give Trey Lance some snaps. What does that look like? Could it be as, as high as 10 snaps? Could it be two drives? Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what Kyle Shanahan does because he wants to, of course, keep the young quarterback healthy all the while, give him reps so that he can continue to develop as a starting quarterback and a quarterback in this league, a guy who just hasn't got very many reps. So it's one of those things where it's a catch-22 because you don't really want to play a lot of your starters in the preseason, but you have to as long as Trey Lance is on the field because you don't want Trey Lance playing behind some of these backup offensive linemen. Uh, but you don't want Trent Williams playing. You probably want to very much ease Mike McGlinchey in and not give him much time either. So there's going to be a lot of give and take as far as how they play Trey Lance, how they play this offensive line. I won't be surprised if we don't see any of Trent Williams or any of Mike McGlinchey. Uh, we might see as little as you know one, one drive of those two. Who knows? Uh, so finding out how exactly they're going to play this offensive line ahead of Trey Lance in this game against Green Bay is going to be interesting. And all the while, the main focus probably along the offensive line is going to be on the interior because nobody came in to training camp thinking Spencer Burford was going to be potentially the starting right guard. The conversation was, yeah, Brunskill's competing with Brendel. But if Brunskill loses out to Brendel, he would just start at right guard because we didn't think beyond Jalen Moore that, you know, really anyone had an opportunity I mean, you know, we had talked about it a little bit here and there. Maybe Spencer Burford could do it, but Burford's hit the ground running. He's been out there already every single snap with the first team, and he's looked good. 
I was out at training camp every single day, and I saw a Spencer Burford continue to improve day in and day out. He wouldn't make the same mistakes twice. That was the one thing I really liked about him. Yeah, he made mistakes. Yeah, he got beat. Yeah, he struggled at times. He looked like he was treading water at times, and it was difficult for him. And then other times he started to kind of come into his own. And I saw a real growth from Spencer Burford, which I'm excited to see in this game. And that's one of the key things I'm really looking forward to in this game is how Spencer Burford handles this moment. He had some really nice things to say in his presser about how he's going to handle the moment, how he's going to soak it all in. But at the end of the day, he knows he has to do his job and get after it. So I'm really excited about Burford and what we could see there. All the while, just to the left of him, is going to be Jake Brendel or Daniel Brunskill. Now, the unofficial depth chart came out and listed Jake Brendel as a starter. But I've been out there. This thing is razor thin. It's close between the two of them. Both of them have you know, uh, things that are a little bit better than the other as far as traits and, and skill set. Right now, Jake Brendel looks the most comfortable playing the center position. He looks like he's been doing it for a long time. And we know that really hasn't equated to snaps as far as in-game. But that has been the time that he's been in the league. He's just been a center. That's been his job. Where Daniel Brunskill has been a tackle. He's been a guard. He's been a center. He's moved around a lot. And you could see that come kind of light to light this week in practice when there was a day where Daniel Brunskill absolutely struggled on snaps. Uh, the shotgun snap was a little erratic, but it wasn't bad. It was you know, to the left leg or to the to the right leg of Trey Lance. It wasn't right down the middle the way Trey wanted it but they got that ironed out. They did some extra days at practice. Then it was under center. Daniel Brunskill struggled a little bit, getting that snap up in time, and it made the offensive line appear to be offsides pretty consistently. But then again, reps, 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 and Daniel Brunskill fixes it. So Daniel Brunskill has handled himself pretty well in the mistakes he's made, and he's a little bit of a better skilled blocker than Brendel is at the center position. So there's a, there's a definite battle there between those two, and that's something I'm looking forward to watching because that interior offensive line is going to be very important to Trey Lance's development during the season, because they have to be able to not only run block at a high level, and they do handle a lot. You can't accept a penetration and a push from that interior defensive line. Uh, the Packers are going to put out some guys that can do that. And if they get some penetration going up the field, that's going to blow up the run game. And if you can't get the run game going, you're not going to be able to get the pass game going in the way Kyle Shanahan wants it to go and the way that it's most beneficial for Trey Lance. Because if you can get this run game going, you can move Trey outside of the pocket. You can run play action. You can take pressure off of this offensive line. So we're going to get a first look at this interior offensive line against the Green Bay Packers and see how much better they've got going against the 49ers, Javon Kinlaw, Kevin Givens, um, uh, all these guys, Spence, I mean, Kendiche, they've really been going against these guys on the interior pretty much the entire time, and I think it's made them better. Let's see how much better. And I bring that up all the while talking about the fact that Aaron Banks is going to log his first start at left guard for the San Francisco 49ers. Last year's second-round pick, a lot of people were very disappointed in the fact he wasn't able to come in and start right away believing he could beat out Daniel Brunskill in year one, and he wasn't able to do that. And now this year, he's replacing Lakin Tomlinson, a guy that is well-respected on the entire team. And I think everyone really grew to know uh, and love Lakin Tomlinson because he could go in there and compete day in and day out and do the, you know, the best he possibly could. And it was good enough for this team. And he got, you know, he got a lot of money. He got a lot of money in the open market. Now Aaron Banks has to step up. Now this is Banks' natural position. This is his best chance to succeed. Left guard at Notre Dame. 
and he's next to Trent Williams. How much will we see that, you know, them together? Probably not that much. We're probably going to see, you know, some Aaron Banks and Colton McKivitz uh, matchups, and they've been working pretty well together as well. So I think Aaron Banks, first look at him and see how he does. That interior offensive line is going to be so important to watch because it's so pivotal to what the 49ers want to do on offense. All the while, how those guys handle the pass rush in this game uh, is going to be interesting because I, I don't know. I mean, we've seen these guys have good days. We've seen them have bad days. What's it going to look like on Friday when they get it when they get it on? Uh, it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, but there's all kinds of other battles and things that we need to watch along the way because this offense has some decisions that still need to be made, even in the running back room. And we've had all the running backs show up in a big way. We've had every single one of them come out and have good days at practice. I feel like they're actually pushing each other to continue to be better and better. Now, how much Elijah Mitchell are we going to get? How much Jeff Wilson Jr. are we going to get in this game? is going to be interesting to see. I don't think we're going to see very much Elijah Mitchell. Uh, I don't think we're going to see very much Jeff Wilson Jr. I think we're going to see a lot of Jamichael Hasty. I think a Jordan Mason, Trey Sermon, and TDP. I mean, those are four running backs that the 49ers can get a lot of reps to, and there's a lot that needs to be decided still. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens and see how much Jeff Wilson Jr. runs. If he, he might run with the first team if they decide to rest Elijah Mitchell, that could be something that they do, and I'm interested to see how they handle the amount of snaps each gets. At the last day of training camp, it was Trey Sermon that was running with the first team, and he got a bulk of the carries. He looked really good. Jermichael Hasty was still manning that third down back role, and he's looked explosive, catching the ball in the backfield, explosive runs, especially on draw plays up the middle. He's looked very good as well. He's duplicating what he did last year in the preseason, and in training camp, except I think he might have taken it to another level. Last year, he had to beat out Wayne Gallman. This year, he knows he has to beat out a multitude of young stud running backs. So I think that Hasty will come out there and have a good showing. We'll see. Uh, but we're going to get an eye on TDP, Jordan Mason, guys who run with physicality, who haven't been able to run with that extreme physicality at training camp because they don't tackle to the ground. We don't actually know how many... Uh, broken tackles they're going to be able to create, how many extra yards they're going to be able to get. And that's something I'm going to watch in this game because they've been using uh, TDP as a short yardage back. Every time it comes to a situation where it's third and one, fourth and two, whatever it is, they've been giving the ball TD to TDP and letting him do that in practice. Let's see how that translates to the game and how that translates to the red zone. And if they give him those opportunities, because there might be a lot of opportunities for him there uh, to go ahead and score a lot of touchdowns this year. And that's what a lot of us have predicted, but we'll see how it happens. And let's see how that, you know, that offense looks like as well. Um, and I think that the, you know, that's one of the battles that I'm most looking forward to interior offensive line, of course, and then running backs, as far as wide receivers, I don't think there's much of a battle there. Uh, as far as the, the top five guys, those guys are really settled in. Could there be a six wide receiver on this team? They've brought in Willie Sneed. He's going to be competing. They have a lot of other guys as well that have been playing pretty good, like Malik Turner. So we'll see. We'll see if any of these guys can kind of elevate themselves and get into the wide receiver room and force the 49ers to want to keep six. So if you're going to watch those guys, those are the guys that have been showing out right now. Malik Turner, uh, Willie Sneed has come on since he's been signed. He looked pretty good. Of course, Austin Mack has had a pretty good camp as well. Uh, and Tay Martin has come on lately as well. So a lot of options for the 49ers if they wish to keep a sixth wide receiver. I don't know if that's going to be the case, but that's something to watch as well.
We do have battles at the tight end position. Uh, how they're going to handle it, we'll see. George Kittle's probably not going to play very much if he plays at all. So you're going to get to see a lot of Tyler Croft. And for those of you that haven't been at training camp, Tyler Croft has looked the part. He's been scoring touchdowns in the red zone, which that's exactly what he did at Buffalo. Those things are really exciting. And I've been excited about Tyler Croft. I think he is tied in too. And now all of you will get to see if he really is tied in too in your eyes as well. And then Ross Dwelly has been playing the best of the rest of the tight ends. Tanner Hudson's been coming on strong, so maybe that turns into a battle for the third spot with Charlie Warner still on the pup list. With Charlie Warner not in the middle of this competition, it looks like it's coming down to Dwelly versus Hudson because Fumagalli hasn't been able to keep up the pace with those other two guys. Hudson has looked very good in the passing game, even better than Ross Dwelly which, I mean, that's tough to do because Dwelly usually does a pretty good job as a receiver, especially in training camp in the preseason. So this is a battle. Where Dwelly actually beats out Hudson right now is in the blocking area, which I never thought I would say coming into preseason and training camp, but so far he's been able to do that. So that is a matchup to watch. We'll see how these guys you know, work with these quarterbacks and in this offense and how much they get the ball and who gets an opportunity to potentially get that third spot right now. Croft seems pretty secure in that top three. Even if Warner was to come back, I think Croft would beat out Ross Dwelly. I think he is tight end too, and I think the Niners feel real comfortable with him in the tight end position. As far as defense, we're going to get a, a look at this 49ers defense against Jordan Love. Young Jordan Love will be getting the start with Aaron Rodgers sitting out the game. How many of the, the Green Bay Packers starters are going to play? Don't know for sure. We're going to get a look at some of their young wide receivers. They've brought in some guys. And they're going to be, you know, uh, we're going to see those matchups on the outside. Now, of course, there will be no Charverius Ward for the 49ers. There'll be no Emmanuel Mosley for the 49ers. Uh, both are nursing leg injuries, so we won't see them. Not sure what, what we'll see at the linebacker position. Dre Greenlaw was wearing the blue no-contact jersey at training camp's last practice. So we'll see if he's available and how much the 49ers ultimately play their starting linebacker group. Fred Warner, Aziz Alshire, and Dre Greenlaw probably don't need to play at all. So could we see one series of them? We might. Uh, I really am curious who plays in that next group. It should be Demetrius Flanagan Fowles, Curtis Robinson, and Oren Burks. Now, Oren Burks comes from Green Bay, so that'll be a fun matchup to watch. But he's a big, tall, physical, fast wide or corner, or linebacker, uh, and he's looked impressive so far. I, I've liked what he's done. Now, he's definitely the fifth linebacker in this room right now. Demetrius Flanagan Fowles has been manning the middle linebacker spot on that second unit, barking out commands, and he's done a pretty good job. I've actually been very excited over the last week of training camp to see the development of Flanagan Fowles. He's been flying around in the in the passing game. He's been making great tackles and run fits. So I think Flanagan Fowles is someone to watch because there's going to be a decision at this linebacker position. Um, who's going to be the five guys? Right now, I think we know who the top three are between Warner, Greenlaw, and Aziz. But after that, there could be a decision to be made. Now, Flanagan Fowles has seemed to nestle himself as the fourth linebacker, and Oren Burks would seem to be the fifth guy with his ability to play special teams at such a high level. He's a Pro Bowl caliber special teams player. So Curtis Robinson, a guy that everyone's been high on during training camp, is on the outside looking in to make this roster. He's going to have to do something. All the while, Marcelino McCrary Ball has been coming on and showing his development and improvement, transitioning from safety to linebacker. And he's looked very good. He's looked very good in the passing game where he's been very good in coverage. I've been excited about Marcelino McCrary Ball. 
Uh, and I think he's one of those guys that's going to show out a little bit in training uh, training camp and preseason. So keep an eye on McCurry Ball throughout the preseason games. Uh, he's going to be wearing number 40. Watch him. See what you think. He's one of those guys developing in run fits but looks really good in coverage. And so they've got some options there at linebacker that are going to be fun to watch, and those are a few of them. Outside of the cornerback position, I'm curious to see what happens and who they line up with that first unit. Uh, the last day of training camp, it was Kadar Holman. Former Green Bay Packer lined up at the left cornerback spot. Ombre Thomas lined up at the right cornerback spot. But let's see when we get into the game if it's, it continues to be Kadar Holman and Ombre Thomas or if they roll with the young guys. Could it be Diameter Lenore and Ombre Thomas with Samuel Womack at the nickel corner spot? Womack was getting the first team reps at the, the last day of training camp. So uh, Wednesday they went with Samuel Womack. He looked really good. He's had a very good camp. He's developed very nicely. I would say he's the second best uh, rookie right now as far as development behind Spencer Burford. And they took Darquez Denard because of the injury to Leon O'Neal Jr., the injuries to uh, Charvarius Ward and Emmanuel Mosley, and they put Denard outside with the second unit. How much Denard plays in the nickel and on the outside is something to monitor because we are still trying to figure out who's going to play this nickel corner spot. Is it going to be... You know, Darquez Denard, is it going to be Samuel Womack? If it's Denard, he secures himself a spot on this roster. If it's Samuel Womack, Denard could be at risk because you have a guy like Dante Johnson who has the ability to play safety, outside corner, and nickel. And that versatility, you know, can't be ignored. Now, Denard can play outside and inside. That's good. But I think you're keeping one of those guys, you're letting one of those guys go because you want to keep young talent at the cornerback position. Ombre Thomas has not looked that good in the entire training camp since I've been out there. Every practice, he has struggled. Now, he did come on strong last year. Could he duplicate that and come on strong this year? He could, but Diamond Lenore has outplayed him right now. Kadar Holman has outplayed him right now. So he's going to have to step up. He's going to have to have himself a good preseason, or the 49ers might have to make a really tough decision because when it comes down to it, He's not one of the top four outside corners on this football team right now as far as play goes. And that's not even talking about Jason Verrett coming back. I'm expecting Verrett to start on the pup list. If he was back right now, the Ferns would have a really tough decision to make with some of their young players. So Ombre Thomas has the opportunity to go prove it again. We'll see what he does. He struggled a little bit against players with speed, and he's also struggled with players that show physicality at the top of their route and the top of their stem. But we'll see how he's able to handle that. So cornerback decisions need to be made. We're going to be able to watch that. Uh, we'll see what if Jordan Love can take advantage of any of these guys, the same way Nate Sudfeld and Brock Purdy have been able to do, which is interesting. Those two guys are going to be spinning the ball a lot in this game, more than likely both of them getting close to a, you know two quarters of work each. Uh, that'll be very good for their development. You, everyone will get to see Nate Sudfeld and the way that he's been able to manage this offense Done a really good job, so that'll be exciting. But in the safety room, everyone's been talking about the safety opposite of Jimmy Ward. How much Jimmy Ward we get in this game, I don't think we're going to see that much. They're going to get Hufanga and Tarverius Moore. They could even be playing together. And if they play together, that would be fun to watch. But you got George Odom and Taylor Hawkins as well that are in the middle of that competition. Hawkins, of course, the undrafted free agent from San Diego State, to me has been the fifth best safety. Um, that's if you have Dante Johnson playing corner. With him moving back, Johnson would be better than Taylor Hawkins right now, a developmental player 
who I see potentially ending up on the practice squad and then helping this team down the road. 2023, 2024, he shows good instincts. He's going to be someone fun to watch. So when you guys are watching, you'll see number 41 out there. That's Taylor Hawkins. Keep an eye on him. I think he's got potential to help the team in the future. Uh, probably not right now. But I think that there's, you know, a lot of cool things that are going to happen on offense and defense. We went some of, I went through some of the, the battles that were going to be fun to watch, uh, focusing mainly on this 49ers offense. And I think uh, offense and defense and focusing on the player matchups. I think this is going to be a good one to watch for that reason. So uh, get in when you're watching this Green Bay game, uh, understand that some of these guys are going to make mistakes. Some of the young guys are going to make mistakes. But look at the, how much they've developed, even from their college. So most of you guys have watched their college film or are aware of who these guys are. Uh, keep an eye on them. And as we're going through the preseason, watch their development overall. Watch their development from what they did in, in this game against Green Bay to what they do in Minnesota game. Because we're going to see a lot of the young players playing against the Minnesota Vikings with Kyle Shanahan saying in that earlier uh, press conference that they're not going to play any of the starters against Minnesota. They're do, they're spending so much time the 17th and the 18th of August in those joint practices with Minnesota that they're not going to have these players play. It's too quick of a turnaround from that Sunday or that Saturday game against Minnesota to the Thursday game against the Houston Texans. So you're going not going to see the starters very much against Minnesota or at all and you're going to see them play on that last game against Houston because then they have 17 days until the first game of the season against the Chicago Bears. So it's an interesting schedule, the way it's made up. And Kyle Shanahan's got to manage his players the best he can. The best work that they're going to get in the entire preseason has nothing to do with the preseason game. But on August 17th and 18th, when they line up against the Minnesota Vikings, and they're able to put their first team units out there to go out and compete, those are going to be the most exciting. So those reports I'm looking forward to next week. Of course, I am just looking forward to this game against the Green Bay Packers. But because it's a preview show, I have to do a wow, that's bold prediction. Wow, that's really bold. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. So it's wow, that's bold time. And I think for the wow, that's bold, I'm going to get into uh, the running back position because I think that we're going to see a situation where all the running backs are going to show out in this game. I think every single one of them is going to have at least one carry that wows the 49ers faithful. I have so much belief in this running back room that I think everyone that gets in there and plays has at least one carry. We're like, oh, okay. Uh, that's how much faith I have in them. So I'm going to go with that. Wow, that's bold. Every one of them have at least one uh, one really good run that keeps them in the mix for this uh you know, this job and the potential to make this roster. We know running back won't be a part of the first cuts. They won't be a part of the second cuts. We probably won't see the running back room cut down uh, to five total, including Kyle Juszczyk, until we get to that August 30th cut date, the final cut date. So I think that is going to be something to watch. Let me know what your wow, that's bold prediction is for this game. It could be a final score. It could be a certain player that's going to have a great day. It could be anything you want. Let us let me know down in the comment section. I'll make sure to check it out. I'll comment back. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, I've, I'm really excited about this game against the Green Bay Packers. I'm excited to watch these young players continue their development from what I saw the first day of training camp until now. It's going to be exciting to see some of these guys look at the you know the crowd for the first time and see seventy thousand um, fans and realize you know what I made it to the big so somebody like Spencer Burford 
who's at UTSA, and now he's going to be playing in Levi Stadium in front of close to 70,000 fans. It's exciting for these guys. I'm excited to watch their maturation process and development. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So everyone, I hope you have a really good time watching this game and come back after the game for a live reaction show right here on 40 Yards Cutback. I'll be here. I'll be ready to talk to everybody about what is happening with this 49ers Green Bay game. Break it all down. Who had great performances? Who needs to start working? Where we can, what we've learned about the center position and all these position battles that we've talked about. It's going to be such a good time. So join me for that after the game. The game should get over around 8.30, 8.45. I'll be going live right after that. It'll be a lot of fun. So hope you hop on over. Let's have a fun conversation about it. But 49ers versus Packers is going to be exciting. Oh, here we are. We're finally in football season. Preseason games start. That means the, the NFL season, the 49ers first game against Chicago is just around the corner. Can't wait for it. Uh, but until then, PCC, uh, stay safe. And remember the right way is always the 49ers way.